Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community? The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity. Forming strong teams to support them, Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Friday, May 27th, and we are here trying to take the mystery out of your financial life. It can be mysterious at times. I know everyone's hyper-focused on the markets, but I'll tell you what, you know what's the best feeling when the markets are going crazy? It is knowing that you are still working and you are putting money to work every single pay period. It makes a lot of the gyrations feel a little bit better because you're like, oh, I'm actually forcing myself to buy into the market when I really don't want to. See, another reason, Mark, why I cling to my desire to have everybody work just a bit longer. There's lots of jobs out there still. Inflation's still high. Maybe you should get a job. Okay. Let's do some emails. This is from Lewis who writes, my wife is 63 and I am 68. We've both retired from our primary jobs. We started a consulting company over the last few years. We've been extremely successful actually over the last 10 years. No kids, no debt at all. And uh, savings investments done really well. They feel very blessed. I've used Vanguard for investing for the past 30 years. Our problem, we have difficulty spending. Mark, are there any suggestions how we can help them spend more money? It is, I was just going to say, it is a funny thing. It is a weird but common problem. And I know why. Guess why? Because we live our whole lives with the idea that we want to put money away. We know how to do that. We live within our means. And then all of a sudden the money's piled up and holy smokes. So this is what I think. I think what you should do is take some money and just make it a fun money account. And don't spend it if you don't want to spend it. But if you really are like, you know, are you feeling like I wish I could spend it and I don't? Or is it more that you just don't spend it, which is okay. How about giving some of it away? That would be kind of fun. This is something to think about. Maybe what you should do is track to see if you are you know, whether you can't, you're just not spending money or, you know, maybe make a slightly nicer vacation, but let's just pretend that in the next couple of years, you're like, "Mm, you know what? We just don't spend that much money. Then when you are 70 and a half, what you could do is you could take distribution from your IRA account 
and you can make it a qualified charitable distribution. You can give up to $100,000 a year away to a charity. That's kind of a cool thing. That might be what I would do. So if you're not going to spend it, give it away. And that'll make you feel so good. All right. Wendy says, hi, Jill. I love your show. My husband's 47. I'm 49. I'd like to retire when I turn 55. And my husband will retire from his state job once he is eligible for a pension at his age, 55. Okay, here we go. All I'm thinking is pension right now. So let me start by saying that the husband's pension will be $3,200. She says that there are spousal survivorship benefits, which is good. Insurance is 100% covered at retirement. She'll be on his plan. She makes 106 grand. Husband makes 175. Base expenses are 50 grand. We'd like to retire with $90,000 a year in income. Okay, so here's what they have. So let's think about that. So of the money that they need, we've got $3,200 a month when he's 55, right? And of course, that's pre-tax. So she's giving me the numbers. But that's, so that's 38,000 is in the pension. She didn't tell us what social security was going to be. You want to give me a ballpark on social security mark for them? 2,500 each. So five grand a a month. Okay. So, so if we say five times six, so 60. So essentially we have a gap, right? From age 55 to let's call it 67, right? Ish. They've got a gap. If she's going to retire at 55 and he, but then he retires at 55. So I think they're okay until his age 55 because they're both working a bunch. So they've got a 401k, SEP IRA, some Roth money, some 401k, Roth brokerage, inherited brokerage, and land, 750 grand house. Uh, I'm eyeballing these numbers, guys. I think this works, actually. Because they have an inherited brokerage account, which is worth 350 grand. And you could basically drain that out over the next seven years because they've done three years of the 10 that's required. So, Mark, if you think about that, we say for the next seven years, inherited brokerage account is what they live on, right? They will have some combination of income slash pension. That works. We get them to age uh, his age 55 and she will be 57. And I think then we have 10 years before Social Security, and then they start pulling from, at that point, I think, some money out of the retirement accounts, the pre-tax accounts, before Social Security, then they get Social Security. I think it works. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I think you're 59, you got five or six more years. I would not put any more money into my retirement accounts, actually. I would take the money that you're putting at least for you, because, you know, you're going to be the, you're going to retire sooner. I would stop contributing for yourself. I would put all that money in the brokerage account and then have your husband do a hundred percent Roth. If he can do a Roth 401k or a a Roth 457, I would do that. And otherwise he can do a regular, that's fine, but that's it for you guys. And let's build up the brokerage account. And then I think then they're okay. It's a funny situation because in a weird way, that inherited brokerage account is kind of the saving grace. It'll give them the money they need. I know I didn't want to touch the land because she didn't say we want to actually sell the land. Sell the land and you're totally done. Okay. But if you're like, I'm selling the house and doing the land and keeping everything, who knows? Okay. This is from Eleonora who says, 
her mother's 92 and she's got a retirement savings balance, $900,000 at Eddie Jones. Should they do Roth conversions to reduce the tax burden to her five beneficiaries? Mm, good question. Um, hmm, 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 hmm. How much other money does she have? That's a question. There's two different things. One is you didn't mention another retire, another account. So does she have money in other non-retirement accounts to pay for a conversion? Maybe she should just pull money out of the account over, instead of actually converting it to a Roth, just pull it out. Pay the tax at her rate because it sounds like your rates are higher than her rate. I don't know if you need to convert it to a Roth, but you could certainly just pull it out, pay the tax and have her pay the tax on it. All right. Cammie says, I hear a lot about life insurance, how it's not important in some cases. <laughs> Well, in most cases, it's important, but okay. Cammie's 42, remarried. Husband is the moneymaker of the household. Kids, 20, 19, and 16, all of them work. Shared custody of the 16-year-old. Life insurance policy, 125 grand. I'm just, I just want to know, is it worth paying for it? First of all, what kind of life insurance is it? You know, usually when you have joint custody, there is some obligation that you would have for that kid uh, going forward. So what does your divorce decree say? Number one. Number two, would you want that policy to be able to get pushed out to the for the 16-year-old just to have if you were to die? And um, is it term or is it whole life? That's what we need to know. If it's a kind of policy that has a cash value, we need more information from you. Okay. Joseph says... We've lost all of our capital gain and dividends that we gained in December of 2021. Here we go, Mark. <sighs> I'm 81.8 years old. What's your opinion on taking cash rather than reinvesting in the mutual funds? We've got two kids that will inherit the money. Up to now, we've dollar cost average. It hurts to see that money lost and still pay taxes on the non-qualified account. I think many people are in the same predicament. Mark, what do you want to do? They've lost temporarily, I would say, the money that they made last year. Now, should they should they take cash or reinvest? If you don't need the cash, don't take the cash. That's what I say. If you have an R, a required minimum distribution that you're making, um, then what I would do is make sure that money is in the money market so you don't get hosed on it. Okay. Um, Mark, we have a, some, Angela wants to know about I-bonds. Angela's 88. I don't know about you for I-bonds, Angela, because basically, Here's how they work. You buy it, you get a 9.62% interest rate credited for the next six months. Then in six months, it resets based on whatever the inflation rate is. You'll never do better than the rate of inflation, but you won't do worse, okay? The problem with you in your age is, number one, you can put $10,000 a year into an I-bond, but you can't really touch it for a year, and it's really best if you leave it for five years. So if this is the only money you have, Mm -mm, don't do it. If this is the money that is just sort of extra money sloshing around, maybe, maybe. Mark, whoever thought I'd be talking about I-bonds so much? I mean, remember, and then I was telling you that I was futzing around with a website. <laughs> Mark, Mark and his spouse, now the proud owners of I-bonds, despite the horrible website. Well, all right, get used to the horribleness. That's a good way to think about it. All right, that's it for the program. It's Friday, so let's do some business. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Telercio is the best executive producer in the whole wide world, and we are distributed by the lovely folks at Cadence 13, now part of the family of Odyssey. If you would like to come on the air with us, go to jillonmoney.com. 
click on the Contact Us button. And by the way, while you're on the website, which you should bookmark, we have all of our podcasts. We've got our radio show. I write a blog. You can check out my TV appearances. And we've got a wonderful resources section. So do check it out. We would be so happy if you could leave us a rating or a review and or and a review. Let's say a rating and a review because it would help us out. Put your hands metaphorically on someone's back. Grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.